Australia. How you going? Are you good? Bloody well, hope so. I'm flying. Feeling good, feeling great. That's right. It's NBA Australia. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of CodeBet. That's a very good website. Go check that out. You might have seen this podcasting mug of mine on Fox Sports Lab NBA with my good friend Carlos Boozer. My other good friend, Ben Dixon. Uh, also, Fox Sports Lab NFL launched today, so that was good. Might see me in the paper as well, all the way around this wide brown land of ours. Uh, I'm here, back in Larry Armour Studios. How nice is that? Got my Sean Kemp poster up on the wall, back in the familiar surrounds. Yush! You love it. Uh, also, not just, you know, coughing up a lung every time I sit in the uh, lawn bit. So, anyway, uh, we're here repping Australia bits. Uh, that's what we do. Don't take things too seriously. That's for the nerds. You know what we do take seriously? Just enjoy basketball, bro. Yeah, that's right. Back to it. We I'm going to talk about Dirk Knight last night. That was sick. Meeting the big fella himself. Uh, got myself a question in the q and It was good. Uh, bit of washout from Kevin Durant's injury. Halliburton and DeMar DeRozan there. They're hurt as well. Uh, but we do some big names coming back as well. So we'll... Actually, heaps of news to get through. Uh, we've got the game wraps. We've got a juicy slab of that. on a knife. Old mate, no mate. Spot of the night. Bet on Lonzo Ball, a legend of the week. Uh, we've got some yeah, nahs, the unpopular opinion of the day. And our back take house, where we're serving up a flame girl take. And uh, I don't know. I think there's a Shane Hill shoot your show shot, light him up award. That's right. Shane the Hammer Hill. It's a good one. And uh, we'll finish off with a pick and preview for all the games over the weekend. You little ripper. Right, let's get into it. Episode 875. Jeez, that's a lot of episodes of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better, especially with Jamal Crawford. You know, start on the Tuesday TNT show, a.k.a. the B team. <laughs> Get covered in popcorn by Shaq. Yeah, that was pretty fun, I guess. A bit weird. I also love Shaq's haircut looking like Stephen A. Smith. That was pretty funny. Right, let's get into today's show, the way we start every show here in NBA Australia with the Daily... Whip around. Oh, it's a whip crank. I get it, man. Yeah, that was a good one, Jimmy. Ah... Uh, First cap off the rank, hanging out with Dirk Nowitzki yesterday. How good was that? If you were there in Melbourne, it was great. Um, I know those things can be sort of a bit wonky and a bit weird. And folks, you know, doing the meet and greets, getting the photo and stuff, it sort of ends up um, almost without fail. Like, it's always going to be a bit of a schmozzle to a degree. But I think the way that they handled it was actually pretty good. I think everyone sort of got at least a bit of face on with the big fella. And uh, it was really, really gnarly. You know, going to shake his hand, get a photo, have a quick chat. He gave me shit about the Sonics hat. Loved it. But more importantly, my brother-in-law, big Dallas fan, bought him his ticket for Christmas. He fucking had a great time. So uh, the best part for me, uh, apart from listening to obviously Dirk sort of regale us with great stories from his career uh, and sort of just, you know, the, the cool vibe is what it's all about for me. A hoops vibe. So massive props to uh, our man Chris Anstey, big friend of the program, recurring guest, and uh, Chris Feeney, who he puts those events on with. 
They've just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. I've gone to every one of the ones that they've had here in Melbourne, and it's been a fucking pleasure just to sort of see it grow and grow and grow. But more importantly, sort of just gather that Hoops community and get everyone involved in sort of sharing stories, hanging out, like running into DMAC again, who's obviously been on this show as well. Uh, And my favorite sort of part is just the sheer number of just folks who come up and say, g'day, just go, hey, Jimmy, NBA. And you're like, oh, thanks, man, NBA Australia. I can't believe you actually fucking listen and give a shit enough to come say hi. So that's fucking nice as. So I appreciate all the legends who stepped up, said hi, had a bit of a chin wag, bought a beer, smashed a tin, whatever. We had a great time, brother Billy and I. It's awesome. Uh, getting to ask Dirk about the uh, the flu game was pretty pretty rad. I managed to, uh, you know, pretty luckily get in there with my uh, Q and A question very early on in the piece, <laughs> and it was nice to be able to get a bit of a, uh, you know, a bit of applause for giving shit to a bit of LeBron and D Wade for uh, ragging on poor Dirk when he's feeling a bit under the weather. I thought Dirk handled the question pretty diplomatically, though. It's like I did want to lean back in and grab the uh, mic and go, but 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 seriously, Dirk, like fuck him, right? Because <laughs> he wasn't going to say it, but. We all knew that's what he was thinking. But the coolest part, yeah, I think just the vibe of these sorts of things where you have just basketball lovers in attendance is the coolest thing because you just find yourself sitting next to somebody, talking to somebody randomly, and the connective tissue is just a love of basketball. And in something like that, obviously, you've got like a sort of shared experience of all watching Dirk and whatnot. And I'm not going to lie, it's fucking amazing when you're sitting there with a room full of people, you're watching some of those old-timey Dirk highlights and it obviously works as a signifier for a lot of us, right? Like when you think back as a nostalgic sort of signifier, you go, man, that reminds me of a time in my life. It reminds me of what I was doing then. It reminds me of like a certain, you know, section of your life, etc. And then for somebody to have like that big of an impact for that long for their team, and you sort of, this is why staying with a team for so long is so special, right? Because you just build on all those memories time and time and time again. So people do feel like they've grown up with you. They feel like they know you. And it was really awesome. So Dirk himself was just very gregarious and very sort of giving with his time. The way he was with everybody was just so fucking personable. And you can sort of see why he and Anstey have hit it off, right? Because Anstey's pretty similar and just the sort of a really gregarious, uh, giving kind of dude who's just more than happy to have a chat about hoops. And Dirk's kind of the same. And it was really fun just to sort of hear him talk about... uh, at least, you know, his perspective on his career was fascinating and how it was kind of like, yeah, I just kind of enjoyed just getting better. And then sort of the disappointments of 06 and 07, like getting back into it after that and actually winning was pretty gnarly. But uh, as I was talking about, you know, with Brother Bill afterwards, it was fascinating to sort of get in the mindset of like the superstar because it did feel like a lot of Dirk's sort of approach to this was like, yeah, what I learned is that I had to get better. It was a very Kobe sort of mentality as well, right? And you could sort of see why they were such great rivals and why they dominated basically an entire decade plus in the NBA, like side by side concurrently because they just had like that special drive of fuck you, I'm going to get better. And there wasn't quite just that, you know, that self, you know, self sort of defacing just like, oh, you know, it's all about the team, team, oh, you know, just make our team get better. 
he very clearly loved his team, loved his teammates, but also his like mindset was still like, look, the way for the team to get better is if I'm just better as well. You know, like to be honest, yeah. And he did get better. It was fucking cool. So, um, that was awesome. Great night. Good job by Chris and Chris to put that on. Awesome venue down there in South Melbourne, the Timber Yard. It was a great night all around. Um, special shout outs, I guess, to uh, our man. Was it Aaron? It was a great hang. Chilling out with him for ages. Um, who else do we have? We had like a bunch of dudes. Good to see Connor in person for the first time as well. That was really fun. And um, I think it was we uh, Mav fan Trav. Mav Trav. He was. Uh, we had some good hangs with him all night. Big, big, big Mavericks fan. Had some great, great, great stories of uh, hanging out with Dirk prior to this uh, occasion. Yeah, just cool. So I would fucking love to see more of this sort of stuff happen. Like, even on just sort of a more local level, just to have that undercurrent of hoops gatherings, you know? And that's kind of the one thing I do miss so much about the States is like being able to watch hoops at night uh, in a bar, you know, with mates, with groups of people, um, with fans and all that sort of stuff. And we've talked about this on NFL Australia all the time, right? Like that, I miss football Sundays more than just about fucking anything. But hoops collectively, when you're in, you know, the States, obviously while it's all going on live in the evening, there's fucking nothing better than just sitting in a bar and talking shit with like whoever's around you or with a group of mates you're just out and it's like, oh, I'll just go watch a couple of the games. What do you reckon? <laughs> and I fucking miss that so much. And that sort of like taps back into that vibe and only good things can really sort of come of that, I feel. Like, building up the hoops community here is fucking wildly commendable. So, hats off to Chris and Chris and everybody who was there, everyone who supported it, everyone who went, and everyone who said g'day to me. That was fucking legendary. Tom, uh, who else was there? Fucking heaps. Oh, I can't remember names. I'm horrible with that shit. So. But cheers to all of you. It was rad. Loved it. Had a great night. Um, the problem was, like, because we have the Fox Sports Lab NBA shoot every like first thing Thursday morning, I've got to be in the studio like super fucking early. Um, so the problem was we couldn't really hang around and smash a million tins with everybody. So that was a pain in the ass. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I got to get out of here. I got to get some sleep. And just as well I did because I was just starting to get the thirst. <laughs> just like, oh, I've had about six, seven beers. Have another one. It might be fucking on for young and old. Find myself at the cast, sit next to Dirk. High stakes roulette. Who knows what's going to happen? Either way. All right. Let's do some new stuff. He came back. How good was that? Came back yesterday. Got their ass kicked. Uh, is Steph Curry the problem in Golden State? <laughs> Maybe. Is he? No. Could he be? Also, no. Uh, Anthony Davis might be back as well. Uh, looks like his rehab is progressing fine. So it seems like they're sort of targeting later January for his return. Uh, probably give that a couple of extra weeks, but that's some really good news if you're a Lakers fan. Kept your head above water in the last couple of weeks, so kind of nice. The other good one for me was Rubio, Ricky Tikitata, Rubio, full year, rehabbing that ACL of his, uh, targeting him to come back Thursday for the Cavaliers. You love to see that. Love him back on Cleveland. Cleveland, because that's exactly what they need, isn't it? They need a bigger wing as well. But on top of that, you know, one other ball handler behind Garland, Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, and, of course, your man Donnie Mitchell. Get me some Rubio back in there, and away you go. Some sadder news, though, in terms of injuries. Tim DeRozan there has got a quad strain. Um, he hadn't missed a game all season. Sat out the game against the Wizards today. Um, Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine, coughed that one up. 
Uh, it's not a long term sort of thing, it seems, but he looked. He went down when he went down. It looked like it was pretty fucking bad. So, Demar's one of those dudes who's like a bit of a sneaky Iron Man. Hopefully, he's all right, but yeah, just a bit of a shit one because the Bulls have sort of turned that corner, kicked it back into gear, and it's like just same with the Nets, right? Like fans just can't have nice things sometimes. Speaking of which, Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton, he uh, went down today against the Knickerbockers of New York City. Uh, hurt his left knee, left in crutches. He's going to get it looked at tomorrow, uh, said Rick Carlisle after the game. He hoped it wasn't anything serious, but he's probably not going to play, obviously, this weekend, likely. Carlisle also did point out that, like, Halliburton's a fucking warrior. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he might just fucking come back. I mean, we can barely stop the bloke. So uh, the weird thing for the Pacers was that Miles Turner was out of this one as well. They were getting absolutely shit-pumped by the Knicks, and then they turned it back on, and they just lost. So bit of a heartbreaker, especially if you had them at plus four and a half. Isn't that right, Jim? Yeah. Anyway, but a tough one for Halliburton, who has been an all-star and should be a definite all-star this year. Just fucking sucks he got hurt. God damn it. Uh, other injury news. I mean, KD, they've sort of, uh, we sort of talked about this on Monday. The MCL sprain, that's exactly what it was. Uh, I think we didn't know the exact details of it when we recorded on Monday, but as we sort of pontificated with knowing nothing, I'm not a medical doctor, but <laughs> insert dumb fuck of Jimmy opinion here. Um, it's exactly what it was. Another MCL sort of sprain. Uh, with the sort of fall into same injury that he well, copped in 17 and last year, uh, differing knees here and there, but a bit of a shit one. It's like, hey, when was the last time you heard the name Zaza Pachulia? It's like, well, just the other day. Um, but a bit of a weird one. He'll be looked at in two weeks' time. It's exactly one of those things where it feels like if it's not wildly serious, he could be back in three, four weeks. If it's a bit more serious like it was last time where it had the bone bruise as well, that ends up being, what, the six weeks. He misses 22 games where they go 5-17, and 17, including their 11-game losing streak. But that was kind of the washout from that injury that we sort of almost nailed. But Because you were just sort of fingers crossed there's nothing more serious than that because it's going to be a big stretch for the Nets. But here we are. Um, as I think we might have mentioned on Monday's show, though, like in terms of the way they've gone about building their roster, the Nets are in a much better position to at least just stem the bleeding of not having Durant there this year than they were last year. They've got TJ Warren. They've got Yuta Wantanabe. They've got your man Royce O'Neal. You can slide Simo up to the power forward sort of spot. Ball handling forward, off you go. Play three smaller dudes around him, see if that works. You've got Joe Harris, who's actually vaguely healthy this year, whereas last year just not. So there are options, so they should be able to keep their heads above water. The weirdest part is, because they're such a big isolation team, TJ Warren kind of fits seamlessly into that. <laughs> and then you've got the likes of Joe and Uter and stuff. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, but it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, speaking of which, Johnny Isaac, not all doom and gloom. There's a bloke who hasn't played for two and a half years. Keep cashing those checks, Johnny. And appearing on weird, fucky, just shitbird sort of vibe. Uh, I don't know. Things <laughs> don't have much time for Johnny Isaac, but here we are. He got back in the G League, so good on him. Uh, FTX Arena is no longer <laughs> down there in Miami. It, Jimmy, is it because they went bankrupt? Yeah, uh, yes. It seems weird that uh, it was still there, but it's now removed effective as of today. Yep. 
Because crypto always seemed like a great idea. Uh, Nerlens Noel, uh, Rich Paul and Clutch Sports uh, settled their legal case. Uh, Nerlens paying full commission to uh, Clutch on the $5 million deal that he signed. He's like, yeah, they fucked me. And then Clutch are like, yeah, you, you kind of fuck yourself. So, all right, cool. Uh, Dwayne Deadman was also suspended for a game after he threw that fucking massage gun like all the way across the court. That was pretty gnarly. What are you doing, Dwayne? Um... What else? Other news? Ah, oh, the Spurs are playing Golden State this week in the Alamo Dome. So in the big, 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 big one. They're going to get at least, they've sold at least 63,592 tickets already. Uh, so it'll be the most attended regular season game in NBA history. I was actually lucky enough to go to the most attended NBA game in history, which is 108,000 at the uh, 2010 NBA All-Star game that we went to in Dallas. That was fucking chaos. Problem is, I mean, it's not going to be great basketball. Sight lines, they get all fucked, I'm just saying. Anywho, uh, the Heat today went, what, an absurd 40 of 40 from the line. That was incredible. Won the game with the and one free throw. What was going on there? Loved it. Not. 23-23 <laughs> for Jimmy Butler. A day after not criticizing the refs. Do you think it pays to, like, get in their pocket? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we saw a Kuzma game winner today. That was pretty gnarly. Uh, but there's also a couple of uh, rumors floating around that Miami, sticking on this Miami thing, and uh, Dallas have talked about a deal involving Tim Hardaway Jr., a.k.a. Tim Hardaway the Lesser. I love it. Send him back to where his dad was a star. Off we go. I don't know what the fuck the Mavs are going to get back in return for that because that Heat roster is, the word is bereft of uh, talent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like outside of like fucking Tyler Hero, there goes my hero. Uh, like you've got the Mosquito float fleet of Gabe Vincent and co. And Butts, bam, fuck all else. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, let's do some uh, game raps. Game raps for the last three days since we last spoke on Monday. Uh, the Pelicans were the Pelicans, not the Pelicans against the Wizards. 132-112, they beat them on Tuesday. Uh, McCollum is absolutely tearing it up at the moment. Um, an absolute, like, uh, hero's effort just to keep this team sort of afloat while Zion and Brandon Spindles, Spindles Ingram do their usual thing of, like, oh, yeah, I'm hurt. Yeah, it's like, and CJ's like, fuck these guys. God damn, really? Good battle with the Extreme Zinger Meal, though. The Extreme Zinger Meal. Uh, what else? The Celtics held on to co- not cover, actually, against the Bulls. The Bulls were eight and a half point underdogs, as predicted on Code Bet. That was a good column by me, that one. Uh, 99 107. Bulls cover the eight and a half. Lose because the Celtics are still very good at home. And uh, we're in control for pretty much that entire game. And one of those ones where you're like, the Bulls, ooh, they play the Celtics pretty fucking tough. We've seen it time and time again all this season, but this is the last game they play, unless it's in the playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Uh, but Tatum was really good. He had 32. The Bucks outlasted the Knickerbockers. Huge come from behind win. The Knicks had that game for like most of it, it felt. And then the Bucks sort of just eke past them and beat them down the stretch. Like, Giroux Holiday was awesome. Giannis had the 22 and 10. Brunson had the 44 uh, points. He was absolutely fucking unreal. Um, but it was that weird jingling. Guess what, Knickerbockers? You just got jingled. He threw in a massive 17. He was fucking knocking in threes from everywhere. I don't know. What is it about MSG? 
just inspires the Aussies. You've seen Giddy go nuts there. Simo just doesn't lose to the Knicks, all that sort of stuff. Loved it. Big win for the Bucks to steal that one. They outscored them by nine in the fourth quarter and just sort of eked past them and got the win. It was huge. Uh, the Grizzlies kicked the crap out of the Spurs. Spurs covered that one. It was like 121-113. Um, Triple J is looking unfucking real at the moment. But big win for the Grizz because they're out there playing, I don't know, running around, causing a bit of havoc. You're playing against this weird Spurs team. And they didn't have Morant in this one. It's basically out there, Tars Jones, Tars Jones, doing his usual step up, kick some ass, take some fucking names, 24 and 6 sort of game. But the big Kiwi brew, oh, 13 and 15, eh? Oh, sweeters, also three and four assists just because it's pretty nice to pass the ball, eh? Oh, if I didn't do that at home, uh, my brothers and sisters would bish me. Um, good win for the Grizz without Morant. Uh, Spurs just play teams tough sometimes. You can't discount them, and they didn't, so it's a good win. Uh, who else played? That's right, the Nuggets kicked the crap out of the Lakers without LeBron James. 25-7-7 for Rusty, not good enough. Nikola Jokic, hello, 14-11-16 for him. Easy win, uh, trounced him. Laughing. No LeBron, no AD. What are you going to do? Lakers' win streak comes to an end. It was always going to. Uh, 136-111, the Kings kicked the shit out of the Magic. You know what that means? Fazy Lizard! Love it. Absolutely love it. 136-111. Kings cruising. Cruising at the moment. Uh, because, Jimmy, did they win against that? Yes. Jimmy, are they in fourth in the West? Yes. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Have you had a stroke? Yes. Uh, what else? Wednesday's games. We should probably talk about them. Uh, Sixers kicked the absolute fucking shit out of the Pistons. 147-116. Uh, that was a laugh of basically... 38-23 in the second quarter. It was all over Red Rover. Um, and Bede, 36-11. Harden smashing it. Anyway, Heat eke out that win against the Thunders with that 40 points. Uh, 40, 40 of 40 at the free throw line. That was yesterday. Sorry, I mentioned it was today. 18-15-10 um, for Giddy at his uh, sixth triple-double in his 90th game. Absolutely crushed. Did the mop-top mumba. But Josh... Uh, Giddy not able to step up to Jimmy Butler with 35-7 and four steals. A couple of shit fucking calls against the Thunder down the stretch too. So a lot of makeup calls there. A lot of anti-Australian buyers, if you ask me. Um, it was a fascinating game. The Heat sometimes just can't get out of their own way. The Heat also played that game with essentially nobody but Jimmy Butler. This was the Hayward Highsmith, um, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, and just Orlando Robinson team. And you're like, well, this is not good, but at least Victor Oladipo is back. He had 19 of that one. Bit of a tough one for Shea. He had 26-4-4, but the six turnovers and just never quite got a cranking against that heat defense, which is pretty crazy. But anyway, fun game. Replay of the 2012 NBA Finals. 132-120. The Raptors beat the Hornettas. Pascal Sikkim-Siakam, 28-8-7. Uh, Hornets, they, I mean, they're horrible. This is horrible. There's no other way to put it. There's no other way to put it. When you're watching them, you're like, well, this is shit. Um, 116, the Cavs lose to the Yaz. 116-114 in Donnie Mitchell's return. He had 46 to Donnie, but Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, who wants to fucking fight at the drop of a hat because he's got that method energy, doesn't he? Uh, huge win down the stretch for the Yaz. Clarkson was great. Uh, Donnie Mitchell... Couldn't just do it quite enough down the end. The big boil over the Suns, starting absolutely fucking nobody. Michael Bridges 
And that was it. 125 beat the Warriors in Golden State, where they were 17-4. and four. Now 17-5. and five. They started Dario the Homie Sarge, Torrey Craig, Michael Bridges, Bismack Sitdown, Biombo, and Dwayne Washington. Yep. They really did. They didn't even start Rock'em Sock'em Jock'em Landau. They had him listed as the starter, and then they decided to go with Biombo, and he was fucking great. Clay had 29, 24 for carrying his return. They shot, they hit 11 threes between them, the Splash Brothers. Jordan Poole did something. No one else did fucking jack shit. So, yeah. Tough one for the Warriors. They were never in it as well. Like the sun just came out and went... Now, it's pretty cute how you're underestimating us. Pow, 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 pow. Magic. Get a massive win over the Blazers, 109-106 in hilarious fashion. God, I love this Magic team. I, like, Franz Wagner, hello, he had 29, absolutely smashed it. Wendell had the 20 and 10. And Wagner had 15 points in the fourth, and they just fucking crushed it. They were up massive. Blazers got all the way back. Didn't matter. Off they went. Orlando sort of just stayed up, kept the nose in front. It was like 105, 101. They just sort of went and tried their hardest to fuck it. I think it was like 107, 106, right down the stretch. But free throws, a couple of threes at the end. Blazers couldn't hit it. <laughs> Orlando beat them. Unbelievable. Trailblazers, what are you doing? It's like, oh, well, we'll still win at home. They're now 9-7 and seven at home. Portland, pull your finger out of your ass. Uh, <laughs> Clippers beat the Mavericks 113-101. One of those classic games where the Mavs are just like, wow, well, Luka's got 43-11-7. and seven. So, yeah, has anybody else done anything? And they're like, no. It's like, well, what do you think's going to happen? We're going to lose? Yes, that's what's going to happen. Christian Wood, 12-3. and three. Tim Hardaway, the lesser, 16 points. Good game by him. Nobody else did a fucking thing. Their bench scored a total of 13 points. Good news is Josh Scott Green might be back soon, so that's kind of nice. Reggie Bullock, sniper alert, had uh, six points on eight shots. Thanks for that, Reggie. Good bloke. <laughs> Stealing money. Anyway, uh, tough loss for the Mavs. Good win by the Clips. Kawaii. <laughs> Getting back to old form, he had 33 and he was fucking dominating. Uh, today, the Pistons shit pumped the Wolves. Hang on a second. What? 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 This is ridiculous. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Yeah, that's right. 135-118, the Pistons shit pumped the Wolves. This Wolves team sucks. Killian Hayes was unreal. He yams on Rudy Gobert, French on French crime. It's like fucking Les Mis. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, French Revolution right there. Boom. Uh, the Wizards beat the Bulls because Kyle Kuzma hit a game-winning three. That was sick. Sucked in Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine, who then tried to uh, win the game where they were down three by hitting a two. Not strong at maths is old Zach. Uh, the Bucks. weird game against the Hawks. 114-105. It was tied at like 101. And you're like, what the fuck has happened? The Bucks were kicking the shit out of them. Hawks came flying back. And Bucks then went, oh, shit. It's like the meme where it's like sit down with the controller, lean close to the TV. That's exactly what they did. Uh, Celtics held off the Pelicans, 125-114. Spirited is the exact words you'd use for the Pelicans. But Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were just too good. CJ had 48, uh, 38. Brown had 41. Tatum had 31. Great, fun, weird back-and-forth game. Knicks beat the Pacers, as mentioned, in that Halliburton game. 119-113. Quinton Grimes couldn't hit a shot. 
but was massive down the stretch. Um, Heald had 31, Brunson had 34. Weird game, fun game. Q Grimes was hitting some shots down the stretch where you're like, what is he doing? This is awesome. Ends up with 18. He was a plus 14, leads the team. Nearly got him the game. <laughs> well, won them the game, basically. It's like, oh, how has it come down to Q Grimes? What is going on here? And like, yep, that's what happens sometimes. We, you're the Knicks. But they won the game, so it's all good. The Knicks and Pacers are now tied at 23 and 19. I love that. It's like mid-90s. The Reggie Miller Bowl, this was. And it's like being a rare occurrence when they're both being good at the same time. Love it. Uh, Grizzlies eked another one past the Spurs, 135-129. Jar came back, played pretty bloody well. He had 38. Uh, the Nuggets kicked the shit out of the Suns, 126-97. Suns in four. Suns in four. Bang. And then the Kings kicked the fucking shit out of the Rockets, 135-115. Hey, Jimmy, didn't you think that was uh, going to be close? Yeah, oh, I got that one wrong. Houston are actually worse than you expect. Doesn't happen that way often, but here we are. All right, NBA Australia Pro Performance of the Night. <laughs> That's not that nice. That's a nice. Ah, oh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum I mentioned that one. The 41 and 31 loved it a bit. How's CJ McCollum, just the lone gunman out there for the Pals? 38 and 34 last couple of games. Poor bloke's just like, I can't do this all by myself, bloke, fellas. What are you doing? And everyone's like, nah, we think you're fine. Like, where's the Jonas Valanciunas step-up game? He had 13 and 4 in this one. It's like, can we get 30 and 14, Jonas? He's like, well, my name is Jonas. I'm carrying the wheel. But anyway, Dyson Daniels, pretty handy in the starting lineup, but it's like the likes of just getting nothing from Larry Nance that'll sink you. But anyway, uh, good game from Jalen and Jason. They shot the shit out of it too, so... Good stuff there. Uh, whom else? <laughs> Whomst else? Uh, 44 for Brunson against Milwaukee. I mentioned that one. Jar, 38 today. Kuz's game winner, pretty funny. Donnie Mitchell, that lazy 46 against his old team was fucking really good, but he still copped the L. And it's a very complicated relationship, obviously, between Donnie and Utah and some of the Utah fans. Um, he's got some pretty like wild uh, um, examples that he sort of shared. And you're like, oh, man, it just... Feels like it wasn't a great time. Um, 43-11-7 for Luca against the Clips. 33 for Kawhi, I mentioned. Um, Levine was really, really good until he turned into a giant spud down the stretch. I might have to give this to uh, just CJ, just out there, just fucking going hammer and tongs all by his lonesome. Shangoon had a triple-double. Giddy had the triple-double. Some really good fucking games. It was fun as hell these last couple of days. Um Sabonis today with the 25, 14, and 9, I think it was, and Joker, the 21, 18, and 9. It's like, what is happening? And how was, like, the weird 18 and 10 game for Giannis where he had seven points? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? I don't know, but I'm going to give it to the Jalen, Jason Tatum show, Donnie with the 46, Luca with the 43, 7, 11, and B with that 36, 11, too. It was a good fucking couple of days. Pretty, uh, pretty big. We actually talked about that scoring explosion stuff on uh, Fox Sports Lab NF, uh, NBA today with uh, Booze. And, uh, you know, I'm always more than happy to plumb the depths of his brain and go, so, you know, the way that it's spread out more now, how do you reckon you would have gone? He's like, yeah, man. <laughs> Off we go. Uh, but oh, I just kind of love what CJ McCollum's doing. He's fucking tearing up. 38 and 34. 
He's the uh, winner. Uh, Spud of the night, though. Spud, 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 I mean, Adam, Zacky Cakes, Adam Levine. I mean, mate, what are you, what are you fucking doing? You, you need three to win. Did you just J.R. Smith yourself? Like, that is some Spud-worthy shit, my man. You can't go full JR. Never go full JR. What are you doing? Um, we had plenty of spuds though. Q Grimes won a seven uh, the other day against Milwaukee for Q Grimes. Then turning around was really good today, obviously. Romeo Langford won a seven. Dennis Smith Jr. won a seven. Batum went one of eight against Dallas. Thanks for showing up, Nicholas. <laughs> I came to steal some money. Uh, Dwayne Washington Jr., 3 of 14. Malik Monk, 3 of 13. 3 of 12 for K-Love and Gabe Vincent. Davis Bertans. Do you reckon Mark Cuban can like bring up charges against Davis Bertans for just stealing money? He's like, no, no, no. This guy's taking the piss. Like, he's just stealing money. Like He's not even a basketball player. Like I don't know what the fuck's going on. Over 5 in 17 minutes. Thanks for coming, Davis. Maybe shave your fucking... Beard, get a haircut. I don't know what's going on, but you're a mess. And, uh, of course, the people's champ. We'd like to thank Alex Caruso for putting on a Caruso show and shooting. Crucio goes three eleven. Old mate, no mate. 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 Who's got no mates today? How about uh, fans? Mike Brown. He uh, was asked about Darren Fox and the Suvlaki King, Demata Sabonis being outside the top ten in fan voting. Them fans don't know what they're talking about. Them fans don't know what they're talking about. Really, Mike Brown. Those fans don't know what they're talking about. Who the fuck pays your wage, Mike Brown? <laughs> Seriously, Mike, you're trying to like engender feelings of, I don't know, acceptance and uh, just general positivity towards your Sacramento Kings, a moribund franchise who have not made the playoffs in a now NBA-leading 16 years. Don't shit on fans for not voting for you guys. Them fans don't know what they're talking about. Just go, ah, oh, man, look, yeah, the guys will do. Just keep playing as hard as they can, and hopefully fans appreciate them. But at your ass, Mike Brown. I understand that he's got a point <laughs> because this is the thing I've hit on, though, right? Like, Sabonis and Fox definitely deserve to be All-Stars, and they should be acknowledged by the fans. But this is the price you pay for being so shit for the better part of two fucking decades. You can't have a half-decent of you know half season and expect to get all the fucking accolades all of a sudden because you get a cool fucking laser and you've got our one true king dally who helped them set a record for threes today loved it anyway still definitely some old mate no mates mike brown look you're gonna go tread carefully with fans you're just winning them back over because you've got a sick laser you've got dally don't alienate them Mike, shut up. Uh, but obviously, oh, mate, no, mates. That's a tough one for uh, Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine, isn't it? Going for the game-tying two, well, down three. Uh, tough one on the bus. <laughs> that is some good ribbing vibes for the bus as well, isn't it? It's like, hey, uh, hey Zach, how many are we down, man? 
Hey, Zach, if I drink, uh, if I bring you a six pack and I drink seven of those beers, how many beers? Le- oh, just fucking serve him. Definitely some old mate, no mates vibes. Uh, pants of the night. Seriously, Zach, there was like five seconds left on the clock. You drove, you're down three, you pulled up for a jumper, like very clearly not getting fouled. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, uh, <laughs> pants of the night. Triple J got slapped by Jeremy Sohan, just fucking yammed on. That was gnarly. Killian Hayes, as mentioned, the French Revolution. Um, Lay Miz, Killian Hayes putting one on Rudy Gobert, just Stafford Tower, and Purtle. How was Purtle? Talk about old mate, no mates. It's, uh, you're going to rib a bit of Pirtle if you're a Spur because he got the fuck out of the way mid-contest out of a jar dunk. Like, you could see the realization hit Pirtle's eyes. He's like, oh, wait, nope, I don't want to be that guy. And just sort of like half, he was already in the air and suddenly then managed to pull himself out of the contest. It was fucking nuts. And Jar obviously crammed it. But Pirtle, it's one of those ones where, yes, you're not going to be immortalized forever in like the uh, annals of... Uh, Brandon Knight or anybody by being the dude that Ja Morant fucking completely obliterated, but it's also a bit of a cowardly move. Aaron Baines would never. Anyway, better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you gonna get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. How good was Emmanuel quickly the other day? 23-4 and four in that loss against the... Uh, Against the Bucks, but he's been playing really well. Brunson could also just be a simple better than Lonzo Ball, but that's almost too fucking obvious. Now the 44-7-4 against the uh, the Bucks, he's been just slow, like just very, very quietly kicking the fucking shit out of teams. <laughs> he's gone 24-38, 26-44-34 in his last five. The 34 against the Pacers today was absolutely gnarly. Oh, yeah, RJ Barrett came back, by the way. I don't know if, feel like I mentioned that on Monday, but it was uh, up... You know, suddenly questionable in a way went. Um, but quickly has been good. A couple of, like, nice little moments for the Knicks. You love to sort of see that because it's the hope that kills them. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give this to, uh, well, obviously, Franz Wagner with his 29-2-2-2. Two, two two. But the 15 points in the fourth quarter was absolutely sick. Uh, Larry Markin with the 25-16 and 16 against his old team. I love that. There's one that I wanted to uh, mention in um, That's Not a Knife, but the 25-16 and 16 and the win over Cleveland. Oh, man, you love to see that, don't you, if you're Lowry? Cleveland! He's like, yeah, fuck you. Trade me, will ya? Here's 25-16 and 16 on your head. Pow-pow! Enjoyed it. Um, Josh Giddy, obviously better than Lonzo Ball, the 18-15-10. and 10. Um, But really, I just want to give a little bit of shine. I fucking love the young dudes on this uh Detroit team. Not only today were they sitting there with uh, Killian Hayes yamming on Rudy Gobert, kicking the fuck out of the Wolves. They had the classic Detroit logo, center court, the old, just very classic Pistons blue, red, and white jerseys, and it just looked good. Hayes had 18 points, shot 7 of 14, had 9 assists. Big Deke Bay, he had 31, went 4 or 6 from downtown. Jaden Ivey had 18 points and 8 assists. All better. Than Lonzo Ball. You love to see it. All right, finally, Dickhead of the Week. Dickhead of the Week. I mean, anybody's got an opinion about Donna Mitchell and Utah. It's like, oh, we're not all racist. That's not what he's saying. Shut up, idiots. Anyway, uh, I actually want to give this a bit of a legend of the weekend because uh, former NBA player Jared Jeffries won himself a car on The Price is Right. 
and was stoked. <laughs> I'm like, Jared Jeffries, you made a lot of money. Like, enjoy your, you know, fucking Honda Captiva or whatever the fuck you want. You're not going to fit in it, but he won a car. It was fucking rad, so I enjoyed that clip. Go check it out. Jared Jeffries, Legend of the Week. All right, let's do some quick yeah, nah, let's get the fuck out of here. Right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. Susan and Nas brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Go get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, you better. Um, I was actually wearing a T-shirt of my own yesterday at the Dirk thing. It's one of those things where I went to work and I'm like, we're just wearing a T-shirt. The T-shirts are really comfy. Uh, the nickname tag on, I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm going to the uh, Dirk thing tonight. That looks a bit dorky. <laughs> I didn't have anything else, so... I wander around wearing your own merch is a bit weird, a bit on the nose, but at least it wasn't one of my logo tees. But either way, you can buy the nickname and the logo tees over at nbaaustralia.com slash shop or just through the socials. Go check them out and get your merch. Uh, right, some quick yeah, nahs. Uh, other paces cooked without Halliburton. Yeah, nah. Mm. In terms of being a dangerous sort of team in the next few weeks, depending on how bad that knee injury is, yeah. But also... Well, they're not going to fall off a complete cliff. Nah. The weird part was they were missing Miles Turner with the back spasms and they still pushed the Knicks all the way because, like, Buddy Hield's fucking good. But they can turn the keys over to Andrew Nemhart again, TJ McConnell. They'll be a bit of a step back. So it's probably a tough time, but at least you have a half season now if you're the paces of going, aha, uh-huh. if we have Halliburton, if we have Hield, if we had Turner... And we've got the young dudes who are actually a little bit dangerous. So if you're going to get injured, it's like, well, we've now got proof of concept. So it sort of sucks that we're going to be without Halliburton for maybe a little while. But look, we'll know more when the extent of the injury is sort of discussed and broken down. But hopefully it's not too bad. But they should be able to tread water. Probably not as well as the Nets ought to be able to. But it's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, speaking of which, are the Nets going to be able to tread water? I think, look, this... The Simmons thing, I went in on him on uh, Fox today. The averaging is 7-6-6, six, and six, 30 games back. Oh, he hasn't played for a year and a half. Yeah, he's now played like a half year of fucking basketball. Like, kid gloves are going to sort of come off at some point and go, hey, uh, Ben, remember when you drove to the basket and not just drove your fucking Rari like a dipshit? <laughs> hey, look at me and my Rari. It's me on Instagram. Okay, buddy. Okay. You're one of those. Um... But seriously, like, pull your head out your ass on offense and look to score. Like, sometimes that leads to facilitating more. It means you driving and attacking the basket. Just want to see more of that. At least you just want to see more progression in that end, right? Now, without KD, hopefully, they sort of just ask him to do a little bit more and uh, lean on him. But, yeah, with Bubble MJ, TJ Warren there and stuff, they should be able to just stay afloat. Uh 
Should be all right. Uh, Anthony Edwards said about Elper and Shangun. Me personally, I think they need to build around number 28. That dude is something serious. We had to game plan for him. Is he right? Yeah, nah. Yeah, Shangun's been fucking great. It's like a name that I've not really leaned on much this year, but you have those moments where you're watching um, Houston and you're like, he might be their only good player. <laughs> and you also think, hang on a second, why the fuck did OKC give up that pick? And... Like, yeah, they end up with Chet Holmgren like the year after. They might end up with uh, Wemby here, but Jesus. And Shangun next to fucking Gids. Next to SGA, you might be in the fucking playoff mix already. But he had a triple-double, 10, 10, and 10 against Sacramento today. 18 and 8 against the fucking Wolves. He had 20 and 14 against the Jazz. The dude is absolutely coming alive and fucking wrecking teams. It's awesome. Tell you what, Jabari Smith Jr. has been a bit of a fucking disappointment, though. And in terms of, like, just weird stuff that's going on in Houston, like, if you watch their games, you just sort of... It's gross basketball at times. You're just like, this is just abysmal. And Jabari's, like, falling off a cliff. He's, like, had three and five, nine and six, eight and nine, last three games. And uh, in, you know, an unrelated uh, sort of fact, the Houston Rockets have now lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games straight. So... That's good tanking. <clears throat> uh, what else? Do Toronto do anything at this trade deadline? Yeah, nah, not for a little bit. I reckon they kick the tires. Lucky they got a couple of games against Charlotte, right? So they they won yesterday. Win they'll probably win tomorrow. And uh, you know you need those little get right games just to sort of see how shit works. But the fact that Scoob, we've talked about this pretty at length on this show. Scoob hasn't taking that like sort of step forward he's still very good obviously and he's still very young so I was like it's fine but the way that he was talked about by the Raptors you thought he was the second coming of Kevin Durant because they weren't going to trade him for Kevin Durant now it's kind of like oh fuck did we miss a trick (laughs) not trading for an MVP anyway uh but the Toronto Raptors I don't think we'll see anything until closer to the deadline uh just because they've got a little bit of time up their sleeves right it's kind of like the cool thing especially with the idea of the playing tournament with 10 teams. Like, you've always got a little bit more wiggle room to go, ah, fuck it. You know, if we're still within spitting distance of the 10 C, we might have a puncher's chance. Who knows? And their sort of uh, schedule coming up, they've got Charlotte, Atlanta, New York, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Boston, New York again, Sacramento, Golden State, Portland. It's a pretty tough mix. So we're definitely going to learn some shit by the end of January, basically, when they finish that run out west, Sacramento, Golden State, Portland, Phoenix, Utah, Houston, Memphis. So that gets us to Feb 6. you got the trade deadline and the break about a week and a bit later after that. So we'll learn a lot about that Raptors team around there. Uh, same thing goes for the Suns. Um, yeah, nah, do they do anything right now? Nah, just because unless they can just sort of flip crowd for something similar, like, I don't know, Rui Hachimura, Kyle Kuzma. Bojan, whatever. Um, there'll be no big swings. They'll look at Cam Johnson coming back as their big free agent acquisition because they've been sold. Like, they just really can't. Like, Sarva's not going to go out and spend more money. He's like, wait, that's money that I don't need to spend because it's not my team anymore, motherfucker. And lastly, this was sort of like a big topic of conversation in about, I don't know, five or six convos that I was involved in last night. The Mavs, they've got to do something, right? Yeah, nah, yeah. They've got to just somehow manufacture something big because 
Dirk's story could very, very, very quickly and very easily become eerily reminiscent of Dirk and like having fuck all help and trading Steve Nash, going, nah, it'll be fine. It just wasn't fine. They make a finals, get killed after being up two zip, <laughs> get smoked the next year. And it sort of took that like kid swing to sort of solidify that Mavs team heading into 11. And, uh, you know, they had to sacrifice, you know, Devin Harris, a beloved Mav, but it's just all that sort of weird stuff that, yeah, they never quite got that absolute fucking bona fide second banana next to Dirk, and you don't want to see that happen again with Luca. and you have those moments of, like, this Mavs fucking front office, I just don't know what they're going to do, but got to do something. Got to do something. And it's one of those things where we've talked about it. It's like, who is it? And it's hard to sort of pinpoint who they could try to like go out and get, but it's like the types of folks that are like, is it a Gordon Hayward? Is it a Brad Beal? Is it OG Ananobi? Is it Siakam? It's like, I feel like there are names out there. It's like, how much are they going to really move the needle though? And it gets tricky really quickly. Is it Zachy Cakes Adam Levine? <laughs> Maybe Luca will tell him that three is what you need when you're uh when you're up, when you're down three. Anyway, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Ah, uh, can we look seriously? Fucking refs, they got to pull their heads in. Uh, look, all power to them, tough gig. But seriously, giving a taunting tech, a piss weak taunting tech, because uh, your man Jose Alvarado, Grand Theft Alvarado. Gives him the old pee after he like has a sick steal and a sick dunk. Get the fuck out of here, refs. Like we don't need to see you stop the game, go, hey, that was not very nice. You should you shouldn't do that. It's like fucking shut up. Let him play. Uh also the unpopular opinion of the day, I think the Alamo dome thing will be kind of fun, but get ready for a shit game of basketball. Sight lines, baby, sight lines. <laughs> fucking sight lines. It's Thursday at our back, and you now that means, oh yeah, two for one blooming onions. No prick knows what the fuck these things are back in Australia. What do you reckon? A blooming, it's a, it's an onion that's made to look like a flower. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. The only onion I've ever seen or eaten has been fucking cooked as black as a dog's guts on the barbie and then chucked on a fucking saucy. Other than that, go get fucked and blow it out your ass. Two for one blooming onions only at our back. And today's fun grill take is... After that last second display, you know what I'm doing if I'm Chicago? Fucking trading him and everybody else and firing Billy Donovan and starting again. Only at Outback. This is the weird thing. So Chicago turned a bit of a corner over the last few weeks. And then you see something like that and they lose to Washington. You're like, this is same old Bulls. You know, you get a nice win over the Nets. You snap their win streak. You beat the Sixers. You beat the Jazz. And you play the Celtics tough. You lose to the Wizards. They now play the Thunder on the weekend. And it's just 100% like a spot where you're like, oh, they're going to lose that one, aren't they? Fuck. Anyway. Fucking dynamite that shit. Right. Let's take a quick break. Be back with Australian Player Watch right after. Let's hear from Chris. This is Chris Anstey, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Ah, it's good to see Chris last night. Quick chat. Sent me a couple of photos of me asking my uh, 
my Dirk flu game question. <laughs> you can see the exact moment when I'm asking my question where people are listening to me just like swear in front of kids and like either getting angry or laughing with me. That's <laughs> pretty great. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jim, what are you doing? I had a couple of tins. I was I was curious. I just wanted to know what was going on and how Dirk was feeling about it all. Um, Australian Player Watch. Pretty interesting time at the moment. Simo with that 7-6-6, uh, six and six, as I mentioned. Uh, against the Heat earlier in the week, that game that they snuck out the win. Uh, he had four points. Seven rebounds, seven assists. And as I brought up on Fox today, the... Um, the field goal foul watch is back on. 105 fouls, 106 made field goals. Uh, because he's gotten back to his uh, wily old ways over the last few games where he's had more fouls than uh, field goals made. Where he's gone for 4 points, 7 points, 6 points, 4 points. He's had 3 fouls, 4 fouls, 4 fouls, 5 fouls. So, fella, we got into a point where that we didn't have to bother with that anymore. But now here we are. Either way, nice little bit of rest for the Nets this week. Uh, heading into their clash against Boston. Boston on a back-to-back. Brooklyn nice and rested. Should be interesting, but still think. As you try to figure out your adjustments for losing KD, it's going to be a bit of a rough one. But Simo, look, I just want to see that defensive improvement. I just want to see him more engaged defensively. Nothing more from Paddy. He hasn't played since the 3rd of Jan against his old team, San Antonio. Uh, we did see Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landale a few times this week, though. 6-4-1 with five fouls against the Golden State Warriors. He got called for some of the most egregiously fucking bullshit. We're trying to win this for the Warriors refs. Offensive fouls you'll ever see. So much anti-Strayan bias in one fucking bunch of sequences that you just want to fucking punch the goddamn TV. So angry, can you tell? And then in the loss to Denver uh, today, went 5 of 8 from the floor, 1 of 3 from downtown, 11 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, a weird missed 3 as well that I'm pretty sure got tipped. Uh, 11 points in his 24 minutes, 11 and 8. Love to see it. Rock'em, suck'em, block'em. Big cock jock, the rooster. Off he goes. Dyson Daniels, 4, 6, and 2 with 3,000 a block against the Wizards in that fun, fun win. And then, uh, as mentioned earlier, 7-5-3 and three against the Celtics in that loss today. Um, hit a three today, though. One and two. Three, six from the floor. He's just sort of doing everything you need to see him do, right? All the hustle plays, all the hat, all the grit. It's exactly what they need. So, uh, I mentioned Giddy uh, and Greeny. Greeny coming back from his elbow, hopefully soon. First time since uh, mid-December. Aussie Matty T, 5-1-2 with five steals, as we mentioned back on Monday. That was such a fucking fun game. And then he had 4-1-1-1-1 one, one, and one, and one against Detroit today. So Matty T went 2-4 from the floor, 0-1 from downtown. Keep the dream alive, my man. Jack White. What do you reckon Jack White got up to today? Oh, that's right. He got out there against his old mucker, Jock Landale, because he got out and got some more run. Played five minutes to our man. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Jack, not the musician, White, five points, two rebounds. That's right, set a new career high in the NBA with his five points. It's because he'd only scored a total of two points his entire career into this point. He more than doubled that in one go. And he only did it in five minutes. How's your per 36 there, Jackie? Loved it. Five points, one on one from three, two of three from the floor, five points, two rebounds. Both new or equal career highs for our man Jack White for the Denver Nuggets, you little ripper. 
What else? We had Jingling Joe Ingles go absolutely ham the other day on the uh, New York Knickerbockers of New York City because that's what Jingles does. Congrats, Knicks. You just got jingled. 17-3-5, and 5, 5 of 11 from downtown, 6 of 14 overall. Absolute gun. The man from Happy Valley, 7 points, 5 assists today against the Hawks with the big win too. The one rebound, 3 of 8 from the floor in that one, 1 of 5 from downtown. But Jingles just gives the Bucks something, something. You love to see it. Against the Orlando Magic Men, Delhi. King Delhi's actually gotten out there the last two games. He had a three against the Magic. Uh, they set a franchise record for threes when Delhi hit it. That was amazing. Hit 23 of 46 from downtown, they did. And Delhi crushes in the last one just to make fucking sure. Ends up with three points and one assist in five minutes. And then got out there against Houston today as well. Two points again. One and one from the floor. He hasn't missed all January. He hasn't missed all year. One and one against Orlando, one and one against Houston, O of O against Memphis. Delhi, undefeated. And lastly, but of course not leastly, Giddy up, 18, 15, and 10. He's sixth triple double in his career. 90 games, six triple doubles. Unbelievable shit from the mop top mumber himself. Eight of 18 from the floor. First game all year that he'd uh, missed. That's 2023 that I'm saying, uh, using the calendar year. 0-4 from downtown. It's the first game in the last five, or he's, uh, well, last five prior, actually, uh, where he hadn't hit a three. 0-4, crushing it from downtown up until now. But seriously, the 18, 15, and 10 just was fucking slick, looking great. Got pinged for a shit foul late, but 18, 15, and 10, six triple doubles, absolutely crushing it. Giddy up, you absolute star. All right, quick Shane Hill, shoot a shoot, shoot your shot, light him up, award... Praise the Lord for I'm healed. It is the Shane Heal. Shoot his shoot. Shoot your shot. Light him up award. So I had Giddy actually here for this because uh, he's bumped his three-point shooting average up to 35% from uh, basically 27 last year, which is massive. It's a huge jump. Chip England is just undefeated as a shooting coach. <clears throat> and then, of course, Gids goes and uh, drops the 0-4 yesterday, but still... Smashing it. Uh, how about a bit of Damian Lee as well? Because Steph Curry and Seth Curry, both shooting over 42% from uh, downtown this NBA season. The coolest part is, though, the bloke leading the league ahead of the actual Splash Brothers, the blood Splash Brothers, is their brother-in-law, Damian Lee. He's at 47.7% from downtown. That's him shooting his shot. <laughs> and part of the family. <laughs> you love to see it. Patty Bill's Game Day Ball. Go to Twitter chicken. Oh, this one's just a Patty one singing along to a song with his uh, IG reel and then had the um, the IG reel was also, I think, then finished off with a mid-work, midweek work in the lab. Him at the practice facility there in Brooklyn. Just, you know, staying ready. That's what he does. Love to see it. All right, let's do some game previews. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. Oh, good. I actually broke out the Bane, I think, on Fox today, so that was good. Taking over the world <laughs> with my dumb shit. <laughs> uh, I do love, as I mentioned the other day, though, like uh, the Lego Batman, so the squid fucking loves it. So now I've watched that a total of a million fucking times. And... Uh, the Bane in that one is just very funny. And away we go. So uh, how do we go on the picks from Monday onwards? 
Uh, we did pretty well. We went 15 and 21. I think um, my picks for, I want to say, Tuesday were pretty fucking great. We went 5 or 6 against the spread on Tuesday. New Orleans over the Wiz, Milwaukee over the Knicks, Chicago the 8.5 against Boston, uh, even the Spurs the plus 11.5 against Memphis, Denver covering against the Lakers. The only problem was, uh, yeah, Orlando not covering against Sacramento, so 5 or 6. I uh, we went 15 to 21 that entire stretch. So that leaves us at, for the season, 393 of 603. Oh, love it. Previews tomorrow. Okay, so you go to Philly. So Philly are nine and a half point favorites. Um, usually I'd sort of lean towards OKC covering a line that big. It's what they do. Uh, Philly do have Joel Embiid, though, for the moment. We don't know what's going on with his foot. If he plays... They cover that because uh, OKC do not have anybody who can cover Joel Embiid. <laughs> so that will be similar to the Detroit game. And this is the thing, because they've already just played, I don't know if he's going to get it back out there, but because they shit-pumped Detroit, maybe they do play on the back-to-back, especially at home. But the 9.5, Philly cover at a really good rate at home too. So you, all, signs, all signs just sort of point to Philly there. Boston on a back-to-back take on a well-rested Brooklyn. But Brooklyn, of course, do not have... One MVP level candidate, Kevin Durant. I think they'll be fine, but they will lose this one. Boston minus three and a half in Brooklyn. No smart today. No time lord. They still took care of the pals. I think they'll have a little bit too much for Brooklyn, but it's a bit of a tricky one. So I'm probably going to not bet that, but geez, I like Boston. Uh, Plus two and a half. The Bucks go to Miami on a back-to-back. And I kind of like it. I'm just going to go, fuck it. Milwaukee, weird one against Atlanta. Miami, weird one the other day against the Thunder. This Miami team just leaves me cold. I'm going to go the Bucks plus two and a half. Uh, Toronto hosts Charlotte, seven and a half point favorites. They beat him by 12 the other day. Charlotte stink. Hayward's got a, like a hammy again. Give me Toronto minus seven and a half. Dallas, two and a half point favorites against the Lakers. I'm taking that as quick as you can type it. Um, they've been a bit shit of late. Very classic Dallas. But they will beat that Lakers team. Cleveland go to Portland. Portland, two and a half point underdogs against Donnie Mitchell and co. on the road. Portland need to get a win desperately. And I think this is where it is. It's a bit of a surprise one because, you know, the Cavs are good and the Blazers have not been great of late because they have, in fact, lost four straight. 19 and 21. They need... Need need to get some wins, especially to get that home record back into the uh, into the double digits. They're nine and seven at home now after that last loss. Brutal. I'll take Portland. Bit of Dame time. The size, of, the relative size of their backcourt should be not a problem against Donnie Mitchell and Garland. So give me Portland plus two and a half as well. Getting the two and a half points at home. Why not? Uh, Saturday. We're going New Orleans at Detroit because they are better than Detroit, even banged up. The Pacers host the Hawks. I now have to change that um, with the news about. Halliburton, I'm going to go the Hawks at the Pacers. Uh, Knicks at Wizards, I'm going to go the Knicks to keep their winning ways up. Winning-ish ways, at least. Um, (laughs) They have won some games of late, including today. Uh, Knicks at Wizards, yep. Warriors at Spurs at the Alamodome. Give me the Warriors to get a rare win on the road. They are the worst road team. In the NBA, they're 3-16, and 16, but this will be a big one, and the Spurs are kind of shit, so let's go Warriors. Thunderballs, I'm going to go Chicago for a bit of a bounce back. Even without DeMar, I think they might have a bit too much for the Thunder. Thunder on a back-to-back after playing in Philly the day before. 
Wolves should have a bit too much size for them. So, Suns go to the Wolves. I like the Wolves to get a bounce back there against the Suns. The Suns are just a shit show. I mean, you saw against the Nuggets, they had the all the emotion of just starting fucking nobody apart from Michael Bridges against the Warriors, came out, punched them in the mouth. The Wolves, I mean, they stink, but they should beat this reeling Suns team, shouldn't they? Shouldn't they? <laughs> Magic at Jazz, I'm going the Yaz. They're a better team than the Magic, and the Jazz are the sort of team that goes, oh, yeah, that's kind of cute that the Magic are fun and scrappy. We're going to beat them. Nuggets go to the Clippers. They love playing these guys, don't they? What have they won? It was like 10 in the last 12, as I've mentioned. 3-1. and one. The Clippers are up in the bubble. Since then, the Nuggets have won 10 and 12. That'll be 11 of 13 as of Saturday. Rockets go to the Kings. Again. Go on the Kings. Again. Sunday, I'm going every road team. Jimmy, what? Yeah, I am. Uh, Bucks at Heat. I'm going the Bucks there. I feel like the Bucks might lose this Heat one tomorrow, even though I've got the plus two and a half. I think it's an absolute nail-biter. I think they either win or just lose that. I mean, if they don't win, I think they bounce back and win that one on Sunday. Celtics go to the Hornets. Celtics will win that. Grizz go to the Pacers. Grizzlies will win that. Hawks at the Raptors. I think the Hawks can sneakily get that one after on a back-to-back against the Pacers. That might be the one that I... Ch- Ooh, actually, yeah, maybe not all the road teams. Fuck you, Hawks. Raptors are better than you. Especially when you've got the uh, Hawks on a back-to-back. Cavs at Wolves. Oh, Wolves on a back-to-back. I'm going to go to the Cavs there. Um, hopefully, you know, bouncing back from a loss against Portland. Sixers go to the Jazz. That's a fun one. Embiid against Lowry and all the uh, weird assorted Yasmen. I'm going to go Sixers. Mavs at Blazers. Luka eats up the Blazers. 38 and 80 averages. They've beaten them six straight times. Give me the Mavs. Monday. We'll probably do another Monday show this week. Knicks at Pistons. I'm going to go the Knicks. Oh, good. Uh, Rockets at Clippers. I'm going to go the Clippers in that one. They're going to need another big bounce back win in the Rockets. Stink. Warriors are Bulls. Give me Golden State. Get a couple of wins on the road. How's that? Back to back. Beat the Spurs on on Saturday and then beat the Bulls on Monday. Great. All time. Beautiful. Uniform matchup though. Warriors, Bulls. Thunder, Nets. I think the Nets can eke that one out as they sort of start to figure out who to play in place of KD. Kings at Spurs. I'll take the Kings... Spurs might have a bit of a shocker up their sleeve there, but give me the Kings. Magic at Nuggets. Nuggets should take care of business. Blazers at Mavs. I think they turn around and win the second one in the back-to-back, though. So Mavs win the first one. This is a back-to-back in Portland. Uh, Same two teams, two nights in a row. I'll take the Blazers in the second one. And then finally, Sixers at Lakers. Having just played the Yaz the night before, you've got to take the Lakers, I think. I don't want to. (laughs) But I will. And there you go. How good's that? All right. Done for the week. Um, as mentioned, we should have a bit of a schedule going where the Daily Show is back pretty soon. So, chef some news on that. Um, but that is the plan, just so you know. Uh, right, again, thanks to everybody who came and said good day at the Dirk thing. That was awesome. Thanks again to Chris and Chris for putting it on. It was a fucking awesome night. Had a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be back on Monday, as mentioned. In the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face IG, we're all over the socials. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Playoffs. Playoffs. Had a really fun show the other day, breaking down all the playoff scenarios, talking about all the games. And we'll have our Super Bowl party coming up soon, too, as well. So go check that out. Uh, go check out CodeBet. That's a very good website. We also have CodeBet Daily. Uh, I'll be on that, uh, popping up every so often. If you like your soccer, if you like BBL, I'll be covering all the NBA and NFL shit, obviously. It's what I do. 
And, um, but, you know, daily show that we've got. Go check it on Spotify or whatever. Uh, check out the website. You can check out Fox Sports Labs, NBA, and NFL, where I'm hanging out with my good friend Carlos Booz and my good friend Ben Dixon, my good friend Matty Campbell, and my good friend Freddie Mitchell from the Philadelphia Eagles. So go check those out on YouTube and all that sort of stuff. You know, KO. I don't know. Call me corporate gym. Uh, NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch. I've got to pay for these renovations somehow. Jesus. Uh, buy a t-shirt. Come on, help a brother out. Uh, big thanks to go to From Oslo for the intro and address. So check out the new band House Hats. They rule. And also, Joshua Delarenta's Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J, and Earth, Face the Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands. All right, we'll close out. We'll throw on a uh, Cooking with Baines here classic for you. Just give you a bit of a skit to go out. And uh, I'm going to take myself to fucking bed. It's gotten late. There you go. All right, we'll catch you Monday, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? Great to meet a bunch of you fucking lunatics yesterday. Loved it. Had a great time. Look after yourselves. And later, hosen. Cooking with Bainsey is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsey with your host, Aaron Bangers Bains. Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Oh, look at you over there. Oh, yes. I see you over there, Cheryl. You're here every week. Oh, love you too. Oh, love you too, hon. Yes, look at you. Oh, this is great. Oh, thank you. Come on. Oh, settle down. Settle down. Oh, yeah, that's right. Thanks for that. That's Ripper. All right, g'day. Welcome to Cooking with Bainesy, and I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. Yep, that's it. Cooking with Bainesy. I love this. And in this here episode, we are going to whip you up one of my absolute favourite Australian classics that you can have whenever. You can have it for brekkie. You can have it for lunch. You can have it for tea. It is that absolute modern Australian classic. It's avocado toast. Oh, yes. That's right, it's an absolute Aussie classic now, mate. And after I got this recipe from a little mate, Deli, I love me some Avo Toast. And, oh, maybe not as much as my mate, Deli. <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway, it's easy as, mate. I punch through enough of this that it definitely helps me keep up this physique. You know what I mean? Every brekkie, I'm on this train. So, I reckon you better jump on board. All right. So, it is bloody simple, mate. All you gotta do is go down to your soupy and just grab a loaf of whatever bread you like to toast up. Me, I like a bit of multigrain. I like a little bit more crunch in my toast. Just like the screens I set for the Celtics, a bit of crunch is what I like. Then I grab a ripe old avo, grab a lemon on your way out, and away we go. All right, now... And this is very important. A lot of people try to do fancy shit to Avo Toast. And look, you can if you really, really want to get all 
Fancy panty. You can put some goat's cheese on there. You can some put some tomatoes in there. You can put a bit of red onion if you feel like it. Sprinkle some of that bullshit ducker, which I think is just fucking crumbs or whatever the fuck shit it is. But anyway, all you actually need to do is keep it simple as, mate. Toast. Avo. Bit of lemon. So it's simple. Fang your bread in the toaster. Then sit back, crack a tin, and let it all get nice and browned up. Doesn't matter what time of the day it is either. When you're cracking a tin and cooking with Bainesy, it's always time for a tin. So, now, slice up your avo, dump it into a bowl, scoop it out. Yep, there you go. Scoop her out into a bowl. Now, mush that bastard up into a paste. Just mush her up. There you go. Just mush her up. Fuck it. There you go. Yep. Now, once that's done, it's all mushed up, all nice. Get your knife. Now, your taste is done. She's popped up. Get your toast out. Now, slather that avo all over your toast about, oh, you go one to two inches thick, I reckon. That's how I usually go, eh? Absolute, just smother it in avo. Beautiful. Look at that. They drizzle a bit of lemon on top, and away we go. Just bloody well. Look at that. Put a bit of salt and pepper on top. And all you have to do then, get your bloody munch on. Oh, how good is that? It is an absolute bloody ripper of a treat. The best bit is it's good for any time of day. Brekkie, avo toast. Lunch, avo toast. Two, avo toast. It's just bloody delicious, mate. And look, of course, you've got to make sure you get your avos when they're in season or else you never be able to afford a bloody house. All right, how easy was that? Thanks to my little mate Deli for the recipe, and I hope you all enjoy it too. All right, avo taste. Legendary. All right, tune in next week for a brand new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Mainzies.